0: Dear listeners, it's your fundraising heyday co-host, Amanda here. Kimberly and I are so proud of the work accomplished by our season sponsor. Since 2006, the DH Leonard Consulting team has trained more than 10,000 nonprofit professionals in grant writing, and they want to share their tips and tricks with you. DH Leonard Consulting offers in-person and online trainings custom tailored to your organization's needs. Contact them today to schedule your next training. Visit DHLeonardConsulting.com to learn more.
1: Hello there. I am Kimberly Hayes Day Muga.
0: And I'm Amanda Day.
1: And you're listening to
0: Season 3 of the Fundraising Heyday Podcast. We are a dynamic duo bringing you insight and knowledge into the ever-evolving world of grants, development, and fundraising. It's also a real possibility that we'll break into song. Mm-hmm. Talk about pie. Yum. Or refer to you, dear listeners, as y'all. Y'all. And we hope all y'all will subscribe to the Fundraising Heyday Podcast.
1: This podcast is brought to you by our Season 3 sponsor, D.H. Leonard Consulting and Grant Writing Services. Hey, don't let grants stress you out. Their team can help you with grant readiness and training, grant research, grant writing, and grant mock review. Did you know that with every Fundraising Heyday episode, we create a coordinating blog post on their website, dhleonardconsulting.com. Check it out today. So today, we're talking about an important topic for everyone in the workplace. Whether you work in a big old office or as a consultant from home, well-being in your office setting is super important to your physical and mental health. And I would venture to say that it's especially important in the nonprofit setting where burnout is just so very prevalent.
0: Very true. And in the light of the unique times we're in, so many of us have suddenly found that we're working from home for the first time because of the pandemic. We've lost that camaraderie with coworkers and we have replaced it with a thousand zoom calls. Haven't we, Kimberly?
1: Oh gosh. It's like the, it's like the Brady bunch on steroids, you know, in the beginning when it's that da, <laughs> and they're all looking at each other. Cause that's my cultural reference because old, but whatever y'all.
0: Yep. So, <laughs> but well-being is just as important now as it has ever been.
1: And uh, Amanda and I can talk about what works for us and what doesn't, and we do with alarming frequency, (laughs) but we really wanted to go pro with this, and so we're very excited to have Tara Davis as our guest with us today, and we first met her when she was the closing speaker for the 2019 Grant Professionals Association Conference Full disclosure, Amanda and I are both on the board of um, GPA, but we both loved her insight so much. We just wanted to invite her onto our podcast and have a conversation, and she graciously and perhaps some of you may think somewhat foolishly agreed to join us, and so she's here today, and I also want to let you all know that, again, we are um, recording all of this on Zencaster, which means, of course, that we're not in the same studio or even same space for social distancing purposes, and that the sound quality is as good as we can get it, and we have a fantastic uh, sound engineer who helps us, but it may sound a little different than other um, episodes from maybe our first two seasons, but we're here, and we're ready to roll, and I'm excited to read out this wonderful bio from Tara. Tara Davis is Director of Staff well-being and Engagement at the American Psychological Association in Washington, D.C., And what she does there is that she strategically produces programs, activities, and communications to energize employees and connect their work to their organization's mission, to increase their satisfaction and fulfillment in the workplace, and grow staff commitment to the organization. So very important stuff. She's been doing this for more than 10 years. Um, She's a thought leader in employee well-being, psychologically healthy workplaces, employee engagement internal communication, and meaningful experience design. Tara has shared her expertise with National Public Radio, American Society of Association. Yes, yes. American Society of Association Executives, Grant Professionals Association, Furman University, D.C. Public Schools, among other organizations, and of course, the most important, the Fundraising Heyday podcast. Um, (laughs) In 2014, the Washington Post awarded the APA, which is where she's working, a top workplace award largely due to the programs of her office. And in 2018, She was awarded a Thoth Award from the Public Relations Society of America for her internal communications campaign to introduce APA's new CEO and to gain trust with employees. As if that wasn't enough, also in 2018, a banner year, she was awarded the Raymond D. Fowler Award, the most prestigious employee honor at APA. So once again, we have another complete slacker as a guest on our podcast. Welcome. (laughs)
2: I wanted to laugh man. I, I, I wanted to laugh the whole intro and I keep (laughs) thinking, am I supposed to laugh? Do they want to (laughs) laugh? if they don't know who I am yet. So um, laugh away, laugh away. That's what we do. (laughs) Um, Thank you. Thank you so much to Amanda and Kimberly for inviting me to be part of fundraising heyday. I mean, just the name alone is something I'm excited about. So I'm really happy to be a part of this. Well, we are glad you're here, and if it's okay with you, we'll just jump right
1: in with some questions. How about that?
2: Sounds awesome.
1: All righty. So, as we just learned, your work is focused on well-being and self-care in the workplace, particularly, I would say, for nonprofits and government agencies. How did you get to what you're doing? How, what, is, or what is like a little career path you could let us know about?
2: yeah so um, I started at APA after college actually um so I am the rare one you know that still works at the same place <laughs>
1: that, no, that, wow. I mean yeah, you are like you are like like the ruby throated hummingbird of employees, <laughs> I guess <laughs> I don't know if they're rare, but it sounds good, right? <laughs>
2: I like it. Totally. Sounds on point to me. Um, yeah, no one can believe I've worked there um, for more than 10 years. Um, and so what happened was I studied psychology um, at the University of Virginia, and um, I really loved the idea of using psychology to help people, but wasn't sure if I wanted to go to grad school or not, so I applied to work at APA. Um I don't know if you all have heard of Avenue Q. It sounds like something that you all yeah. would love, um, because you sing and it sounds like you're breaking the song and, um, lots of funny comments. Anyways, there's a great song in Avenue Q. One of my favorite musicals. It's what do you do with a BA in English? And that's <laughs> how I felt about psychology. I was like, what do you do with a BA in psychology? I was saying, sing the song to myself all the time.
0: <laughs> well, so love, uh, yeah. Uh, I have a psych degree too, and I'm a grant writer. So
2: yeah. It's, it's, it's oh my gosh, that's awesome. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I looked up the American Psychological Association because I thought, you know, why not start there? Do they even have jobs? I don't know. I just know that they made my paper writing miserable when I was in college, <laughs> <laughs> Style, you know? Yes. So yeah, um, They do have jobs. And I went on to work there for a few years. It was a great first job because I could work at home all the time, which then was a very novel concept. Wow. I was the envy of all of my friends. but one day I had an epiphany. Wait, I studied psychology to help people and I'm just sitting here in my PJs all day, not helping anyone. So I kind of looked around at my department at APA and I realized that people spend so much of their you know, lives at work, but many dread it. Um, maybe they're doing something they don't really care about, or, but it just pays the bills or maybe they're just not engaged. Um, and so I thought, you know, how can we improve this in our department? And I started working with some of my colleagues to organically create things that would make people more excited to be at work and um, through that I started working with the deputy CEO of APA on these employee centered projects that were actually completely outside of my normal job um, thankfully if it's the deputy CEO you kind of get the okay to do that, <laughs> <laughs> that Um yeah. So he then asked me to apply for a position in an office centering around improving the well-being of um, APA six hundred employees. So since then, the office has shifted. Um, we have, you know, uh, tweaked what um, we focus on, and I've moved up multiple times to become the director of staff well-being and engagement. So that is my that was my path. I didn't even know when I studied psychology, you know, I didn't even really know about IO psychology. I didn't really know, you know, about that area at all. And that's, um, where I've ended up. That oh is cool. fascinating.
1: That is fascinating. I love how you were like, I'm in my PJs. I need to save the world. And
2: <laughs> with great power comes great Yeah. And now we're full circle, right? Exciting. I mean, I'm not in
1: my PJs. Right now. Well, you know what? There's no judgment here. There's no judgment here. <laughs> You, be who you
2: are. I mean, if I were you wouldn't know. That's the beauty of, Zencastr, the beauty right? of it. We can't see yes. each other.
1: So <laughs> let's just leave it in a world of mystery and wonder. But I know that Amanda has some questions <laughs> for you
0: too. Well, okay. So you've, you've created this great position working on self-care in the workplace. Why is that so important? Self-care in the workplace.
2: So... I mean, the average person spends 90,000 hours at work over their lifetime.
0: That's depressing.
2: (laughs) Oh, I'm going to go light now. now. This interview is over. I'm out. (laughs) Should we all go take a nap? Yeah, I'm Um, I'm, I'm really sleepy. Go ahead. (laughs) So we need to ensure, you know, that time is spent helping our well-being, not destroying it. Um, there's also this concept of work-life balance that is a complete lie. Um, I think we all know that now mm-hmm. that we, most people are working at home, that there's no balance. It's... More about integrating the two as they bleed into each other, and your kid walks into your Zoom call without wearing pants, or you know, <laughs> your dog decides that that's the time they need to throw up on the carpet, right? Oh, like yeah, it's not yeah. a balance. So your work life affects your family, which affects you know your kids' friends, and it affects your um, partners, um, coworkers, and their relationships, which then affects classrooms and other organizations, and the, it just ripples on and on and so um us taking care of ourselves in the workplace is it's not just about us it's affecting a much bigger um society and so you know um, specifically for the organization as well, how employees feel about their jobs—whether they find it meaningful or important, or enjoy um, what they do—affects how well that organization performs. So and it's so important for us as individuals, but then also our organization, our families, all the different structural um, s- structural units in our society. Wow, it's very, very true.
0: true. Mm-hmm.
1: So we're. I know we're going to get into a lot of different concepts and things for 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 employers to think about, for employees to think about, for free range consultants to think about. Um, are are there maybe a top two that you could share with us around what employers can do to provide opportunities for well being in the office? Because there are, of course, essential workers, and there are people who are returning to the office now, or. Um, conversely for employees that are working remotely, what are some self-care kinds of things that employers could do in those two situations?
2: You're going to limit me to two, really? I'm so cruel. (laughs) I'm cruel and mean. (laughs) Man. Okay.
0: Well, I'll give you three, Tara. How's
2: that? (laughs) It's a a good cop, bad
1: cop situation. So I'll just (laughs) let you work that
2: out. I'm, I'm, I'm making my own path here. Um, I want (laughs) to say big picture, I think, um, and these aren't you know concrete, which I'll give in a second. But big picture, remember that well-being is not just about physical health. Um, we have a um, great model of what a psychologically healthy workplace looks like, and it includes all these different facets of well-being. Right? Like, there's there's financial well-being, um, there's emotional well-being, there's social well-being, um, and so. It, it's not just about physical health, um, mental health is obviously really important right now, um, with all the stress and challenges of our society. So that's a big picture thing. Another big picture thing is, um, you really have to have a pulse on your culture. It's not a one-size-fits-all approach. So things I say that works for APA may not work for your organization. Also, what worked for APA years ago, or to be honest, even six months ago, doesn't work now at all. I'm going to be completely honest and uh, humbling to say that I've tried a few things recently that completely fell flat. And in the past, people would have loved them. But right now, the people that are my, population, they don't want to focus on gratitude. They want to be mad. So, mad. You no, know, I can't be like, what are you grateful for? They're like, <laughs> yeah, I love it. I'm not, you know? So having a pulse in your culture is super important. Um, so those are my two big picture things and mm-hmm. I'll talk quickly and then it'll seem like I only gave you two when it's a total lie. Um, but <laughs> in the office, um, I would say, um, Things like class, if you can offer um, classes or it doesn't even need to be a class per se, but like health and wellness challenges that people can participate in um, that are incorporated in your workday so that they don't have to think, um, when will I make time to go to the gym? It's instead creating things that um, are like behavior change. Um that are encouraging behavior change. So uh, one of our favorite things is a stairwell ambush. My boss and I were trying to figure out how can we get more people to take the stairs? And- um, This it sounds was- dangerous, but go ahead. <laughs> and so well, we decided to do the stairwell ambush where he and I would randomly pick a stairwell. We would pick a, a floor. Um, so we have, um, you know, eight floors in our building and we would go stand in that stairwell. And the first person we saw, we'd give them a huge fake check like publisher's clearing house type check and say, congratulations, you won a hundred bucks for taking the stairs. And oh my gosh, as you can imagine, the, um, stair climbing numbers, uh, increased drastically. And, um, the only bad part is when people would see me in the stairs, and I didn't have a check. It was like, I ruined their month. So, oh, wow. <laughs> um, but you know, things like that, that just encourage healthy behaviors. Um, you could also have, um, there's a great vendor. We use, um, fruit guys. They, um, deliver fruit each week, um, or as often as you want to your offices. So these are ways that like, you're telling your employees, I care about your health and not just like you maintaining it outside of the office. I care about it while you're here and I'm going to create opportunities for you to choose Choose the healthy choice. Um, and so out of the office, um, I would say flexibility is the biggest thing that you can do right now. Um, so we're about to survey our staff asking them, like, what do you care? What does caregiving look like for you in the fall? Because we know there are going to be parents who have kids at home and certain hours won't work for meetings and things like that. So that um, communicating, um, with your employee, both, um, upwards to your supervisor and downwards to your employee about what you need in terms of your, um, familial responsibilities, that's really important. And then I would also say, um, you know, When you're remote, creating those opportunities for social connectedness is really helpful. So, a few things we've done we have virtual health and wellness classes that people are joining all throughout their workday. We also have a virtual break room um, in Microsoft Teams where people post funny memes. They create their own channels. There's a dog channel, there's a kid channel, there's a breakfast channel, there's anything you can imagine. Um, And then um, I would say another big picture thing for teleworking is remove as much uncertainty as you can. It's a really uncertain time that is really challenging for everyone. And so APA um, actually decided to be remote for the rest of the year. They made that decision. Our leadership made that decision in May. And that was because they just didn't want people wondering what was going to happen. There's already so much uncertainty. So as, um, as much as you can remove that uncertainty, your employees will be healthier um, and, and you know, just more ease in their jobs. So those are a few things, but, you know, I have like 500 more. So when I get to my contact info, please reach out to me. I have lots of ideas.
0: <laughs> I, well, and I remember because when we heard you speak, and I can't remember exactly how you used it, but I remember something to do with the, the little rubber duckies. Too. yes.
2: Yes, great memory. Um, so that's one of the things that we have done um, to really create joy in the workplace. Um, so, uh, years ago, we um, were trying to figure out how do you, how can we get people to recognize each other and express gratitude? So, for some reason, we chose these rubber ducks. And um, what's funny is, if you're walking down the street and someone gave you a rubber duck, you'd probably throw it away or be like, who are you? What do you want from me? But at APA, if you get a duck, it, it is one of our highest um, awards, and it it just communicates this admiration and appreciation for someone. And so we have this event called Recognition Day, and at that event, you can send ducky grams, and we deliver them all throughout our building, and we actually just did it um, virtually. We had Recognition Day, and people sent emails that had ducks in the background, and And it had the same um, level of appreciation. And so um, that's one way that we've created an atmosphere of joy. Um, One of my favorite quotes is, it's not joy that makes us grateful, but gratitude that makes us joyful. And so um, ways that we can inspire that um, seeking gratitude is really good for our employees.
0: I love that. Very fun. Kimberly, I need to send you a duck.
1: Aww. <laughs> Maybe we can send it by drone. That would be very exciting.
2: <laughs> oh, would it be. would be. A drone duck delivery. <laughs> no, <laughs> it would of- be a whole new thing for APA, I'm just saying. It could. it could. I mean, it could be, and I will totally give you the credit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like it. We can have our logo stamped on the bottom of it, Kimberly. That's
1: right. Fundraising I heyday a duck. <laughs> Good.
0: So uh-
2: Funniest, funny story about, um, this year, you know, the virtual duck. So obviously there were rubber ducks in the past and they would be on theme, of course. So there'd be like a luau duck or like, a, an Academy Award duck. I mean, you can find anything on the internet, you know? So, um, This year, my boss wrote me and she said, um, hey, someone was talking in our, you know, executive leadership um, team meeting that you are sending ducks to people's homes. And I was like, "Um, yes, actually, we are sending real ducks this year. And if you're really one of the top performers, then you get a really cute duckling. But if you are kind of a jerk, then you get a goose. Because we all know how awful it is. Oh,
1: oh. <laughs>
2: yeah. no, somewhere,
1: somewhere a Gosling is crying right now, Tara. I don't know. Oh, Ryan Gosling. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a whole different podcast and a whole different discussion uh, yeah. behind the Patreon wall that we haven't set up yet. So there you <laughs> go.
0: <laughs> Well, one of the things that we have been talking about is you know, so many things have changed because so many people are working remotely um, these days. And you've got a lot of people working remotely that have never done it before. Um, and so, for those folks, do you have any advice um, for staying focused um, and keeping up with things? I, I like your idea where you're like, you know, what's your by schedule to try to work around that, you know, what's going on at home. But any other advice for people who are new to the remote life work style?
2: Yeah, that's, it's such a great question. I think that it sounded on paper, like, Hey, we used to work in an office and now we'll work in our house. Like, how's that different? And it is, um, there are a lot of challenges. So, um, here are a few things definitely take, um, healthy breaks. Uh, I am sitting so much more than I was in the office and, um, I, I'm also working a lot more, you know, because before you would stop by someone's office and say hi, or you'd go get a drink of water. And now it's like you have everything at your fingertips. Um, But people who take short breaks are healthier mentally and they're more productive than those who do not. There are multiple studies proving this. And then also sitting is, is really horrible. So if you can replace even as little as two minutes of sitting per hour, um, you can, um, improve your health and actually prevent some, um, you know, actually premature death, um, which I know started to, to go to that, but, um, it, it's a very real thing that, um, even if you can replace two minutes of sitting each hour with walking, then you can lower your chance of premature death by 33%. So wow. even if you don't have time to go for a long walk, just even walking around your house is great. Um, Uh, Some other things, uh, the importance of taking a breath. When I get really, really stressed out, um, I just actually like just sit for a second and try and take three breaths and all of a sudden I feel so much better. And um, of course, there's a lot with mindfulness and meditation that you can dive into, but the simplest form, um, just taking some deep breaths um, when things feel like they're getting out of control. If you're a manager, I really encourage you, don't require people to be on video all the time. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, can you just say that again? Just say it again, just say it again. you're a manager, do not require people to be on video all the time. Ding ding, ding, ding ding and you know it's interesting um everything ebbs and flows and we come full circle when we first all started teleworking it was you need the social connection so make sure people are on video and then it was wait people are having zoom fatigue and actually that is more exhausting than being in person and by the way oh, like, why aren't we allowing people to fold their laundry while they're talking to us if they can do both good for them give them an award. Don't be mad at them. And so, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's just a thing that I think uh, we've been trying to do more of that. And it's really helpful. Um, make your meetings a default of 25 minutes or fifty <gasps> minutes. You can do that in Outlook. And um, my uh, assistant and I always do that. And so people have um, either five or 10 minutes, depending on if it's half hour, an hour to get that drink of water, hug their kid, play with their dog, uh, you know, whatever it may be. Um, make your workspace separate from your non workspace. Um, that may be possible in terms of your other rooms, it may not. Either way, there's small things you can do that will improve your mindset. So, you know, if it's even, um, if it's shutting a door, that's ideal. But if you can't shut a door, it's shutting a notebook when your work is done for the day or taking work calls in a separate space from personal calls so that your mind is shifting and you don't just end up working all day long. Um, Okay, and then I know I have a million, but I'm going to do one more, which is, probably my favorite. So start each morning reflecting on your purpose. Um one of my um favorite actually psychiatrist, not psychologist but, um Victor Frankel oh, And yeah. you know Victor? Well, you don't well, know no, well, no, but I mean so I know his Victor. work, I know his work. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So uh Victor Frankl said those who have a why to live can bear with almost any how. And, you know, I've used that quote in the past and um, wow, now that we are in the midst of COVID-19 and um, I'm sh- it's it's a struggle every day for everyone. And so um, it's more relevant than it's ever been. And so Victor's mom, father, um, brother, and pregnant wife were all killed in a concentration camp where he spent years. He lost everything, um, he said, that could be taken from a prisoner except one thing. And he said, the last of the human freedoms is to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one one's own way. So he found that even at Auschwitz, um, some prisoners were able to discover meaning in their lives, if only in helping one another through the day. And those discoveries were what gave them the will and the strength to endure. So let me go ahead and and say the obvious, but I need to say it. I'm not in any way saying we are experiencing the horror of, you know, concentration camp and that is reserved for just that. So let me pause for a second. However, I know that our lives, most for most of us, are harder than they were, and there are moments that are really hard, and there's a lot of uncertainty, and some people are facing um, death of loved ones, or maybe it's just grieving what their lives used to be like. And so I think starting each day with your purpose and something that you feel strongly about achieving, um, personal, professional, whatever it may be, is something that helps you get through those really hard times. I think
1: his work is so beautiful and, and I'm really, I'm just so happy that you brought it up. And of course, as you said, we are not equating quarantine experiences here with the horrific, um, happenings at uh, the concentration camps, but as you said, it, it just represents a huge shift. And I'm also, of course, speaking from a place of privilege because I can quarantine and work at home. I can self isolate because I have the kind of work that allows me to do it. Um, so yeah, but they're the powerful, powerful words. And it, I'm oh, I can't quite remember the title of his new. They've reprinted. It's obviously it's not new work, but they've reprinted in English, a uh, seminal work of his that was only available in German for years and years, and I can't remember it. So um, I can, maybe that's something that Amanda and I can put in our show notes, or I can mention um, in a blog post or something like that.
2: Yeah, um, and and I'm glad that you said that, because again, I, there's no comparison, but the point of his, with his work, he, he hoped to have the impact of, you know, wherever you are, whatever your current circumstances that could be difficult. He wanted people to know that people in the absolute worst circumstances could get through it um, with um, some sense of purpose. And so that's what we hope to draw from it and not in any way say that we are in any kind of um, similar situation, um, but there are words that he hoped would you know, inspire people to live purposeful lives.
0: Well, if it worked for that dire a situation, then we need to con- seriously consider using it for our own because you can't say, oh, but I've got it worse. Well, no, we don't. Well, no, you don't. <laughs> exactly. exactly.
2: No, no, you don't, no, you don't, Brenda. No, you don't. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah.
1: And my apologies to anyone named Brenda. It was just the first name that popped into my
2: head. <laughs> you can but, say um, Tara if you want next time. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, I would also say, um, I just wanted to throw one thing in there because, you um, I, you you touched on it earlier that people just want to be mad right now. And actually, um, anger is like my default emotion, and we don't have the time or space to get into that, but it is for a lot of people. And so I have found it particularly helpful to sometimes just let myself get mad and have a rant, preferably when I'm by myself, and then come back to the matter at hand. I've, I have found the need for more sort of anger processing or just deep feeling processing more frequently than certainly, um, pre, um, pandemic. And I, I know that you, um, alluded to earlier, you were talking about, Hey, you've tried some programs that didn't quite work out to foster a sense of camaraderie and sort of a, a renewed joy in the workplace. But I would love to hear, see, I'm asking you for more examples now, see, so you know, <laughs> let's celebrate that moment. Um, are there some things that you have done specifically um during um the first the lockdown, then the reopen, then the whatever's whatever's coming next? um are there some examples of things that have worked to help sort of help people navigate that frustration, anger, fear, sadness um, kind of thing that everyone seems to be experiencing and rightfully so?
2: yeah, um, so definitely. Uh people are not looking for a quick fix. Um, people are not looking for, um, you know, click this link and you'll see, uh, you know, sea otters swimming. Although that makes me very happy. I love sea that's, otters. That's kind of
1: cool. That's kind of cool. Especially when they <laughs> hold, they hold pause when they're floating and sleeping. That's amazing. Yeah. But
2: anyway, go ahead. Yes. So, um, Our work has shifted a lot. Um, Obviously, we're not doing events, um, and uh, we're not holding in-person meetings. So um, there are different things we're doing. One thing I totally stole from John Krasinski because he's amazing, we started doing some good news. And, um, we, you know, tried a couple things that failed and, and and now we're just calling it some good news. And we're asking people, Hey, do you have something that's worth celebrating right now? We could all use that. Um, please share it with us. And so, you know, um, a week or so ago, someone sent me a photo of, um, her and her husband and they were wearing their wedding clothes from 20 their, It was their 25th wedding anniversary oh. and they were still wearing their clothes I mean I just want to let you know I got married four years ago and I'm pretty sure that dress does not fit
1: yeah, <laughs> so, good, up just, to them. good for them and I'm rolling my eyes but good for them <laughs> how nice as we say how nice yeah.
2: yeah so you know um we have a page up on our intranet that is like it's called our some good news page. And, um, as people are sharing things, we're putting photos up there. Um, we also have, um, really, I think it's supporting people with what they need. It's not as much like, Oh, sunshine and rainbows. Cause that's really feels, it really feels tone deaf right now yeah. to, you know, have fun, like, you know, it, you know, yeah, sunshine rainbows, unicorns, all that. So it's more about meeting people where they are, finding out what they need. So we did, um, we've done multiple surveys. So I highly recommend um, being in touch with your staff and um, surveying them about what they need. So we asked, like, in terms of technology, what do you need? Do you need things from the office? And so um, our facilities team actually set up this amazing process where they um, had curbside pickup for people to pick up their computer computers and anything from their offices that they might need. I mean, like I hadn't been in my office for a year because of maternity leave. So they FaceTimed with me to show me, you know, the half eaten banana that was rotting in my office, (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, but like, that's that's what we will need. I mean, I'm sitting here with my monitors for a while I was working on my laptop, which is still great. And like, again, I, I, I feel very lucky to work in an organization that can do that. Um, and so they they asked us, what, what things do you need from your office? Let us take care of it for you. Um, we also are just trying to communicate with employees as much as possible. So our CEO has these coffee tea breaks. Um, he was doing them weekly and until staff kind of started to settle in and now they're every couple weeks. And staff can ask him anything that they want. And it's through Zoom and, um, you know, it's a it's an open forum. We also had one of those um, on race and racism and um after the horrible George Floyd killing and um just giving people an opportunity to express their anger and a, a platform for them to share how they're feeling through all of this. Um, So it's definitely shifted in that it's more like how can we communicate um, with our employees? How can we share with them resources to help them get through this? I really want to plug APA.org has a ton of resources that are written by psychologists or have psychological research in them, but they're relevant to like our daily lives. So, you know, ways that parents can help their kids understand what a pandemic is, or um, how do you talk to your kids about, um, you know, shootings and things like that. So it's more about creating um, space for people to express how they're feeling, um, and then also um, giving them the resources such as our mental health benefit, um, our, our EAP, um, that they need to access right now to get through this time. Also, Tara, I'm
1: sure people can go to your website and find out if you're hiring. Cause I bet a bunch of our listeners are like, Hey, this is sounding really good.
2: Yes. Go there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Please, please join us. Um, and I'll get my contact info at the end. If you'd like to reach out to me about any of it, but, uh, I will definitely commend APA. Um, every organization has its, you know, ups and downs, um, but I, you know, I've worked there since college and um, it is a place that really values its employees. Um, yeah.
0: Well, what just a simple yet brilliant idea? ask people what they need and then provide that for them. Exactly. I feel like we overcomplicate it sometimes, but that's just, that's just perfect. Um, um, well, what advice would you give employees who, you know, because many of us we understand the importance of self care in the workplace, and we want all these things you're talking about, but we've got that boss or board who just thinks we all just need to sit in our corner and do our work and, and
1: work until we drop, and then they'll replace us. Not that I'm bitter.
0: Not that <laughs> bitter. <laughs> so, what can we do to convince bosses and boards that this self care, self care, and all this stuff is a good thing actually, and it creates more productive employees?
2: Yeah. Um, so first you are welcome. Anyone listening is welcome to reach out to me. I have a ton of, um, research for, um, kind of proving the case, um, presenting the case to your stakeholder. Um, Creating a psychologically healthy workplace is no longer really an, an option. If you want to be, um, you know, an employer of choice, if you want to um, retain quality employees, it's not just about benefiting um, the employee anymore. But it has um, effects on the workplace, such as you know, lowering healthcare costs, um, reducing absenteeism. It reduces presenteeism, which I think it can be even more harmful than absenteeism, as people logging in but being not engaged in in their work at all just you know showing up to the computer um that's pretty widespread it you know improves morale in the workplace it leads to greater employee satisfaction and retention um improved customer satisfaction um so obviously your revenue then is higher if if you're a for-profit um and you know, just one example, Soma Analytics carried out a study in 2017, and they looked at the stock exchange, 100 companies, and they found that those that prioritize employee engagement and well-being outperformed the rest by 10%. And so wow. there's there's concrete statistics showing um, the value of um, prioritizing your employee well-being, and as as I see it, especially now that we're moving more to you know virtual environments, these are things that people, um, companies really have to focus on if they want to be an employer of choice. So this is I. I think that's great. You've given people
1: who may work for Scrooge McDuck or one of his cousins, or her, you know something to some some actual facts and figures to to make that argument and some critical
2: thinking skills in the process. Fantastic. Yeah, and you can also in a great way is find a champion who, if you feel like you don't have your leader's ear, find find a champion who does and who's willing to help you. You know, try and um, improve the culture in this way. Excellent. Excellent.
1: Well, is there anything we didn't ask about that you would like to share as it relates to the things that the many different things that we've talked about today? They've all been fascinating.
2: Yeah. Um, I just want to share a couple of things that are, are dear to me um, because you know, self-care has always been important, but self-care pandemic edition, I mean, it's, yeah. it's vital, self-care during COVID is vital to your survival. So here are just a few things um, that I have picked up uh, along the way. Um, One is permission to feel all the things. And um, I actually was listening to Brene Brown talk about this and please listen to her because she is a lot more eloquent than I am. But, um, you know, she basically said, you can feel sorry for people who are sick or, you know, who have faced horrible things. Like, you know, maybe someone they know has passed away from COVID. Um, You can feel all of those things. You can feel awful about that. But at the same time, you can you know, be disappointed in your own life and grieve through how your life has changed. Those things aren't mutually exclusive. So you have permission to feel all the things, allow yourself to be disappointed, but also have empathy for people who have, um, you know, harder situations and, you know, you not embracing your disappointment because people have it worse that actually doesn't do anyone any good. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't improve your empathy. It doesn't make us better humans. It's okay to feel both. Um, and that's something I've had to tell myself, you know, cause moments I'm a new mom and my husband and I, um, have, uh, my cousin came yesterday, gave us a date night, which was amazing. It was our first night alone in five months. Oh. Um, and we have a 10 month old who is walking and falling and all the things. And some days I just, you know, I have a really hard moment and then I get mad at myself because I'm like, why are you like, you are so privileged, which, you know, that's a whole other thing. There are definitely um, areas of that. And that's a whole other conversation. But me saying like, don't be upset about this because people have it worse is not actually helpful to anyone. It's okay to feel both. Um, Something else is, you know, show you know, in a related way, show people grace. Um, Grace is so important right now. You have no idea what people are going through and how hard their life might be. So, you know, before you get angry, before you snap at them, before you um, wonder why they didn't meet the deadline, take a step back and remember, you have no idea how hard their life might be right now. A couple other things, Um, find what your grit is. So uh, grit is this concept that where talent counts once, effort counts twice. And so Think of a time when you conquered something really, really, really difficult. Um, For me, there are a couple things. One is an incredible hike I did in Norway um, that is the hardest thing I've ever done physically. And then also um, my dad passed away unexpectedly a few years ago. And those were both hard in different ways. And there are moments when I wonder, you know, am I going to get through whatever the situation is right now? And I focus on those things and how I conquered them. And, um, th- you might have things that are in way more, you know, a lot more difficult or a lot more devastating, but focus on those in a way that kind of motivates you and reminds you of your strength. Um, and then two more, and then I promise I'm done. Um, One is make a list of what you can control and focus on those things. So the hardest thing about this time um, is the uncertainty of it. We don't understand um, COVID enough. We haven't quite figured out. um, We we, we just don't know enough. And so um, the uncertainty is what's so hard for us. And so make a list of what you can control. Focus on those things, and that can help lower your anxiety around it. And finally, my favorite quote um, by Teddy Roosevelt is comparison is the thief of joy. Um, as I mentioned, I'm a new mom and Instagram is my enemy right now. Oh, yes. I look at these perfect homes and these perfect babies and their little outfits and, and mine just like, you know, threw up everywhere and the dog it might be eating it. And it's just, <laughs> and, and you know, comparison is, is, just not worth it. You're doing the best you can and you are doing great. And you know what, if you're not doing great today, tomorrow is a chance to start all over. And this strange time is not forever. So show yourself some grace, show others some grace, and uh, don't compare yourself.
0: I love your advice and your attitude because that's I feel you on the social media platform. It's it can be very easy to fall down that funnel of I'm not I'm not a good enough mom. My house is not nice enough. My work is not good enough. And the reality is we don't know what's going on around the behind the scenes at all.
2: So exactly.
0: true. Well, Tara, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, Kimberly and I both know firsthand how great it is to have you as a keynote speaker. Um, If other folks are interested in hiring you, whether for a webinar or some sort of speaking engagement, what's the best way for listeners to reach out to you? Or if they want to get more of that data you were talking about.
2: Thank you. Yeah. Um, So you can definitely reach out to me on LinkedIn. Um, So it's Tara Davis, um, T-A-R-A, and I'm sure that's in your So you'll have that. Um, and then you can find me on Twitter. Um, I've done less tweeting since I have a baby, but you know, I try. Um, my uh, Twitter is at let's wear love and, um, you can email me, um, at Tara K Davis at gmail.com. Um, So T-A-R-A-K-A-Y, davis at gmail.com. And I um, love to talk about organizational culture, employee well-being, self-care, internal communications, any of the things I've highlighted today. I'd love to talk with you more about that and um, help you improve your organization's culture or um, help you, you know, um, employ more self-care tactics in your own life. So please reach out. I'd love to hear from you.
0: Sounds good. Well, thanks again.
2: Thank you so much. Thank you. I've loved this. And y'all, y'all are, y'all are (laughs) hilarious. Oh yeah. Come on. Come on y'all. Come on. (laughs) And I am such a fan already. So thank you so much for having me, inviting me to do this. It's been a real joy talking with you today.
0: Same for us.
2: Absolutely. Remember, y'all,
1: there is no specific college degree in grant writing or fundraising, but there are a lot of good people with experience to share, training programs, and other ways to learn. And we would love for this podcast to be a part of your professional development lineup. Please check out our website at h-a-y-d-a-y dot com, where you can subscribe to our podcast, read our latest blog posts, and so much more.
0: Thank you again to our Season 3 sponsor, D.H. Leonard Consulting and Grant Writing Services. We appreciate their support in making grants less stressful. Visit their website, dhleonardconsulting.com, to learn more. Stay tuned for upcoming episodes this season. In two weeks, we're covering a topic that's become a favorite of mine. Yep, it's the Ripped from the Headlines episode. Yes! We're going to chat about big oops and lessons learned in the Grant Field. You don't want to miss it. Bye now.
1: Bye y'all.